0: After it's one of my favorite songs that reminds us that God is holy, and He is holy forever. Why don't you help me thank God in this place for all that we've been able to witness and be a part of. As we continue in our series called Kingdom Project, we're looking in the Word of God to discover what God has called and purposed us to be as citizens of his kingdom. Not only is God holy, but it's God's will that his people be holy. It is God's will that those who make up the kingdom, those who are citizens of the kingdom of God, that we not only proclaim citizenship, but that we look like kingdom citizens. And so our journey today takes us to the fifth chapter of Matthew. This is where our message for the morning is coming from, the fifth chapter of Matthew. And if you have a red-letter Bible, uh, you'll see a whole lot of red letters there because this particular passage is taken out of a sermon, a teaching that Christ provided for his disciples that is generally known as the Sermon on the Mount. Now, time does not permit us to uh, go across the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount, but for the time's sake, we want to lift up uh, some blessings that Christ begins with when he teaches those who are following him. In fact, uh, the Word of God says in verse 1, Seeing the crowd, he, being Jesus, went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and taught them. Would you bow your heads with me? Grace Heavenly Father, as we are so humbled to exist under the umbrella of your grace, that you've blessed us once more to gather in this sacred space to declare your praises as we turn our attention to your holy word. Make us receptive soil for the seed of your word, that we might receive your teaching, that we might be empowered by your presence, that we might indeed give you glory for our lives, that others would see you in us and fall in love with you as well. Help us to go deeper and further than we've ever been in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. The Beatitudes. That's what we call them. That's really uh, from the Latin word that means blessings. One of the reasons why we call this first portion of this particular sermon from Christ, uh, uh, the Beatitudes, is because of how he begins the message. In fact, um, depending on your translation, most of your Bibles will record, um, particularly between uh, verses 2 and to 12, that it begins with two particular words, blessed are. Look in your Bible, verify it, make sure it's there. If you didn't tear it out, it's right there. He describes the kingdom citizens as individuals who are blessed. And in this teaching on the blessings, he really conveys, Christ conveys to his disciples what a kingdom heart looks like. And as we examine the Word of God, uh, we should also examine it in light of our own hearts, our own lives, because there is an expectation that God has for all those who are called by him. God wants us to have His heart. In fact, uh, I going to say it this way. It is the will of God to have the Spirit of God use the Word of God to make the children of God look like the Son of God. Amen. I hope you caught that. Uh, you want to say it again? Uh, Let me see if I can say that one more time then. It is the will of God to have the Spirit of God use the Word of God to make His children look like the Son of God. Because citizens of the kingdom ought to look like they belong to the King. So Christ now, uh, he gives a description of what kingdom citizenship looks like. He gives a description of what our hearts are to look like. And he begins with the word blessed. Blessed, uh, this, this word often translated as happy, goes a little further and deeper than just our mere understanding of happy. No, this word pushes us further to understand that God is not solely interested in our happiness. He is most interested in our holiness. He, he wants us. He desires that we look like him. And so blessed is not how you feel but it's who you are as a result of the work of Christ. You are blessed. Go ahead and say it like you know it. Say, I am blessed. I am blessed. I, when you look at the text, you understand then that in all of the teachings, and all of the Beatitudes, it's used uh, as, as, as though it's already completed. When you begin with the first Beatitude where he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is is the kingdom of heaven. Notice the text. The text didn't say blessed are the blessed will be the poor in spirit and theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. Look at the text. Because everywhere you see the teaching, he says, Blessed are, which means you are already blessed if you are part of the kingdom of God. I hope you get that. Because sometimes we live our lives like we're waiting to be blessed, not realizing that we are already Let me talk to some some, some seasoned people in the house. Uh, Seasoned people in the house will be able to testify that there are times you're looking for something that you already got. I said seasoned people in the house, you know, they have the car keys in the pocket and they're still looking for the car keys. Seasoned people in the house, they have the glasses on their head, but they're still looking, anybody, don't don't leave me here by myself. Uh, Seasoned people know what it is. And sometimes in our Christian journey, we fail to realize all that we have in Christ. Christ, the Spirit of Christ, when you say yes to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Spirit of Christ, Peggy, comes into our lives, and he enables us to live like kingdom citizens. In fact, when you take him in your heart, then the text says you're blessed. Ah, not that you're going to be blessed. You are blessed by virtue of being in Christ Jesus. I hope you get this. So, each teaching includes a blessing, which is the God-given capacity to enjoy His goodness in your life and to extend that goodness to others. See, Jesus pronounced these blessings on people with a kingdom mindset, a kingdom heart. Those who consciously, and unapologetically align their lives under the rule of God. Is that you? Well, let's find out. That wasn't a rhetorical question. Is that you? Okay. Uh, let me ask the freedom the freedom we can preach. Uh, is that you? Okay. All right. Good. So, so let's, let's, let's find out. He began by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus first informs us of our kingdom rights, if you would. As a member of God's kingdom, you have the right to be totally reliant on a faithful, dependable king. Poor in spirit means when you come before the presence of God, you know that you need God for everything. I don't know who I'm talking to here because some of us right now, we're still self-reliant. We still think that we can make it on our own. But when you come, as my grandmother would say, to the end of yourself, when you tried everything you could try and realize that everything you've tried has only got you further and worse than where you ought to be, and you come to God just the way you are, open up your heart, then you can be like others of the kingdom who say, you know what? I can trust God with everything, every part of my being I can trust him with. I can trust him to make the decisions of my life. Why? Because he is the all-knowing king. And listen to this. Listen listen to why this is such a blessing. Because you can go to the king when you're a kingdom citizen. You can go to the king with anything, Uh, with with everything. You can go to him. Uh, When we welcome Christ into the home of our hearts. We must be careful to make sure that we don't have any rooms that are closed to his access. I'm talking to real people. You know what happens when you have visitors in the house? Uh, you, know, you know how we do that thing. You, you know how you prepare for visitors, but you don't always have the time to, to fully prepare the way you would like to. And so when people come into your house, um, you, you have the, the common areas, you know, that, that's the part they see when they walk in. You know, I mean, even, even, in a, even in a dorm, you know, right there at PV. I mean, you know, you have the common area. You want to make sure that that, that, that looks good. Uh, but, but there are those areas where, where those doors are closed. Come on, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and that's where you pushed all the dirt and all the stuff in. Okay, I, I can't get you all, uh, you know, like in your room, in, in your bedroom, you know, when you, you know, um, the inspection is coming and mom is coming to, to inspect the room and, and there's some parts in that room where, where you may push some stuff in, in the, in the closet, Oh, don't mess with that closet, boy. Don't, don't, mess, don't mess with that closet. Uh, uh, I, I, and, and, and what happens is sometimes in our hearts, we tell Jesus, yes, you can have room in our hearts. Uh, but but don't, go, don't go in that door, Lord. Don't, 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 not, 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 not that one right there. Mm-hmm. But when you're poor in spirit, it means you're coming to God with a fully open heart. Saying, God, you can go anywhere you need to go to help me look more like you. God whatever you need to clean up go ahead and clean it up God whatever you need to disconnect me from disconnect me from it God I need you to rule and reign in my heart and when you want to explore and experience all that God has for you as a kingdom citizen you ought to say yes to God God have grandma, grandma said this, have your way have your way do whatever you want to do sometimes God want to move around some furniture that's in in your heart sometimes he want to throw some stuff out that shouldn't be there but when you are poor in spirit is God I'm depending on you to do whatever needs to be done in my life because I know that I need you. Okay, uh, Old Testament writer Isaiah said it this way, Isaiah 6 and 2, he said, all these things my hand, God says, my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. This is the one to whom I will have my attention. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. God says those who are humbled are blessed. That's what poor in spirit means. And then he continues and he said blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn? Those who grieve? He says they're blessed. He says they're blessed and they shall be comforted. Oh, listen, he's talking to followers of Christ. He's talking to disciples, citizens of the kingdom. And he says that when you're connected to the king, what grieves the king's heart ought to grieve your heart. What causes the king concern ought to cause you concern. I wonder, do we grieve over the lostness that's in the world the way we ought to? Do you still grieve over lost family members and lost friends? Do you grieve over the condition of our community and our world? Because it breaks the heart of God to see the sinfulness that wrecks the hearts of humanity. Oh, and as a church family... We ought to grieve what God grieves. He says, "Bless, bless. You're, you're connected with him. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be. Not maybe, not possibility. I love this text because the text tells me that there is a guarantee to those who trust in God. And that is no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're grieving over, no matter what has broken your heart, he says, you shall be comforted. Anybody ever been there before? Where you're striving to live for God and, and it seems that like everything is falling apart and you're trying to live your life and sin is always trying to, to come and pursue you and you're trying to do what God has called you to do and you felt like you weren't going to make it and all of a sudden the Spirit of God came and comforted you. Anybody here ever had a comfort from God? to no, know that God lets you know you're not in this by yourself. I'm with you. In fact, he told the disciples, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. Um, He says, blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And some of us in here right now, we may have come in and there's some unresolved hurt. There's some pain that you are still trying to process. Let me help you understand something. There is no heartache or heartbreak that God cannot heal. You just bring him the fragments and the pieces of your heart and watch how God is able to put it all back together again. His sermon goes on. And he says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It's important to understand that meekness doesn't mean weakness. Uh, Meekness is uh, power under control. Uh, it's, it's 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 being tamed like one who would break a horse as they would get on the horse and, and a wild horse and, and they would bring that horse into submission. They don't take the strength from the horse or the speed from the horse. No, they just put it under control. Some of us right now are living wild lives. It's all out of control and we need the Spirit of God to come in and control us. Don't look at me like that. I know who I'm talking to, so I'm telling the truth in here. We need God to come and control of because one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Don't, don't tell me you were born that way so you get mad at the drop of a hat. Don't, don't tell me that you were born that way, that that's just the way you are. Like the old priest said, then be born again. Amen. Because when you're in the kingdom of God, He enables you to live lives of meekness. Live lives Knowing that we're in a better place because God is in control. He said, it's the meek that will inherit the earth. In other words, it doesn't matter what seems to be, who seems to be in control right now. Paulette, there's a reality in the text where God says, when it's all said and done, those who follow him will be the ones who inherit what he intends for us to have. He goes on in the message. He says... Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Now, I know what time it is. I saw some of you already. You checked the clock. You you saw that it was close to noon. I saw you I saw you because somewhere in our minds, we're conditioned to want to go ahead and eat at a certain time. I, I am not mad at you. I'm not even trying to get you hungry for food. I want you to understand what God, Christ is saying here. He says, the same way you—let me check for a moment here. I, I know where I'm at. I know I'm in Texas. Uh, anybody enjoy some good barbecue? Anybody? 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 Uh, don't, don't get don't get mad at me now, now. Now, if you're vegan, I'm gonna come to you in a minute. I'm gonna come to you in a minute. Uh, um, anybody? You know, you got that Louisiana swag. You enjoy good seafood. In, 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 anybody? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, you you really you really enjoy it, all right? Uh, and and then and then some of you right now, you you really enjoy roasted vegetables. All right, I, I, I told you I was coming for you. I, I told you I was coming for you. I want to make sure we got everybody covered. Um, we, we and, and there are times in our lives where, where we we yearn to eat those favorite things, don't we? Uh, we yearn to drink those, those favorite beverages. What Christ is saying here is that kingdom citizen, when our heart is for the kingdom, we will desire, just like we desire food when we're hungry and water when we're thirsty, we will desire God that way. Do, do you? Do you desire God that way? Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? What Jesus is saying to us is that we ought to seek righteousness with the same unrelenting fervor that we seek for water if we were in the desert. Ah, it's kind of like the psalmist said in Psalm 42, he says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. That that, that we grow in our relationship with Christ to the degree that we know we can't even start our day without Him. We we, we have to connect to God each and every day. Has it ever happened to you that that you win a day and and you, you didn't connect with God the way you ought to? And by the end of the day, you will famish spiritually because, like, I didn't even start my day right. Come in, saints of God. God says, I'm always with you. I won't leave you so you can always talk to me that even when you start your day, you talk to God. On your way to work, you talk to God. On your way to school, you connect with God. When you're at work and you know them, some of the folk you work with. You know you need to talk to God, and on your way through traffic, getting back home, talk to God. In other words, God should be the primary individual you communicate with each and every day of your life. You know why? Because He woke you up in the morning. Mm. Ah, He. I, well, I wish. I, yes, Lord, you know it. Uh, if we had some time, if we had some time, but but He says, "Blessed are you. Blessed are you when you're seeking." God's standard, that's what righteousness is, with everything that you are. Because you tried the other way. You you tried to do it the other way. And if you're honest with yourself, that way only left you empty. But when you hunger and thirst for Christ, he leaves you satisfied. Mm. anybody, that's, that's your testimony, that when I came to Christ, those things that I was trying to feel in my life, all of a sudden, Christ filled it all, and I was satisfied. I don't have to look for anybody to approve me. I don't have to look for anybody to accept me, because when I'm in Christ, I know God has already accepted me. So that means then I know that in Christ, I'm, I'm satisfied. Ah, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Then Christ continues. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, 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 how many of you all wish that God was a fair God? Hmm? No, no, Nobody? That means you must have read your Bible because, you know, uh, the wages of sin is death. And if God was a fair God and gave you what you deserve, hmm, am I talking to anybody in here? Uh, We would be in a most miserable place. But instead of giving us what we deserve, God gives us mercy. Mercy, mercy, uh, mercy is when you don't get what you know you deserve. Mm -hmm. I can't talk about y'all, someone talk about me. Okay, um, uh, you know, I I was on I was on the beltway because um, I was, you know, you know I had to get somewhere, and I was I was running a little behind Fred, you know, but I, I had to really get somewhere, and um, and I noticed uh, Anthony that that my my vehicle, it has a capacity to go beyond what I saw on the sign, <laughs> and and I, I I I figured in my mind Tim that that since I have the ability to do it, then I should go ahead and just, boy, y'all, y'all, y'all bad influences, boy, y'all bad influences. I should just go ahead go ahead and do it. I, I was on the beltway, and, and, and so I, it, was, it was a cool day. I had to get somewhere. It was important to me. Uh, and so I went. I won't tell you how, how fast I went. Um, we recording. so, so yes, I um, exceeded the posted limit. Ty, let me see how this thing went down. Uh, and all of a sudden, um, some lights that I didn't want to see <laughs> positioned themselves behind my vehicle. Now, I, I knew that it seemed to me that they were in a hurry to get somewhere where they wanted to be, so I just moved on to the side. <laughs> but Ty, you know what they did, right? They, they moved on with me. I said, So, okay, well, I'm going to move on the side again because you know the beltway got three lanes. So I'm going to move on the side again. They, they moved with me. I said, oh my, that's exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I pulled on the shoulder and, and you know, okay, I can't, I can't be, be transparent with y'all. Like, you, you know how it go. You, you know you're thinking about some stuff like, okay, gonna tell them um, I'm, I was gonna do this, I was gonna do that, seatbelt on, okay, got my, my license and the registration, got everything right. Um, and the and, and officer came up to the window and she recognized me. <laughs> you know it's bad when they recognize you. And she said, "Pastor, <laughs> just trying to help you. I'm trying to help you understand mercy. I'm trying to help you understand mercy." Yeah. Uh, uh, she said, uh, "You're going. You're going quite fast there, Pastor." She said the, the, the number, but I'm not gonna tell y'all. Um, and. And I said, I, I I I know, I know. You you you're right, you're right. I, I I here's my license and here's my registration, and and she took it. And I was like, Nah, hold on. Now I'm the pastor. Uh, I mean, you would think, right? You know, but 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 she that took, took a long time too. I mean, just took a, took a long time. Uh, and then later on, she came back and she had a paper in her hand that I didn't give her. <laughs> she came to that window and she extended it to me, and she said. Now, pastor, I'm just going to give you a warning, but you know better. That's mercy. And how many times have God pulled you over when you were going where you didn't have any business going or going in a a way that you shouldn't be going, and God came to your window and said, listen, I know what you deserve, but I'm going to give you mercy. Mercy. Look! Look! Look at! Look at the teaching. He says, "Now, if you receive mercy, you are supposed to give mercy." As you look, inspect your heart. Is there some resentment you're harboring in your heart towards somebody? Is there somebody who offended you that you have not released them from that offense yet? How can we receive mercy from God? And refuse to give mercy to people who are made in the image of God. I'm just trying to help us understand something that God, listen to how the psalmist says it in Psalm 103 and 10. He says, He, being God, does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. This should motivate us to extend this love to others. Because it is Christ who looked beyond our faults and he saw our needs. And we ought not dishonor the mercy and grace that God has given us by failing to extend mercy to others. He said, blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. Then he goes on and he says, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. How is your heart? Hmm? He says, all right. When the Holy Spirit is a cardiologist in your life and he puts the stethoscope up to your your breast, um, is your heart clogged? Or is the blood flowing free? Because if there's anything that is unlike Christ in our hearts, then we need to go back to Christ so he can clean our heart. <sighs> One commentator uh, said this, so he, made, he made it clear that no believer, he said no believer can avoid all sin all the time. More than a boat can avoid the water that is in. But the boat can avoid leaks when you have Jesus on board in your boat. See, it's not that our hearts stay pure from our own doings. No, catch this is the Holy Spirit in you that is constantly working on you so you can work out the salvation that God has given you. And he constantly is cleaning. You ever lived with somebody who's constantly cleaning? uh, Every time you put something down, I'm not going to look in this area right here. uh, every, Every time you put something down, they come and they clean it up. Every, every time you, you, you place something, if it's in the wrong place, they'll pick it up and, and, and you look again like, what, what, what happened to that? What happened to that? That's how the Holy Spirit is in our lives sometimes. Let's be honest about it. Because there's some behaviors that we used to have that we don't have no more. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's been, been cleaning some stuff up. Ah, he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see, experience, recognize that everything that's happening in my life that is good is a result of a good God. Is that anybody's testimony in here that everything that happens in my life is a result of a good God? And when God has been that good to you, it it encourages you to be good to others. So he goes on and he said, Blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Because Christ is is the Prince of Peace. And when the Prince of Peace has brought peace into your life, he makes you an ambassador for peace. You wonder why God allows you to get in so, witness some chaotic things that happens in the world from what happens in the family to what happens uh, in the culture. And he, he lets you see that because he wants to use you as an instrument of peace that you can go in Bringing Christ with you. And watch how Christ through you can help bring peace. That may be why God lets you sit by the person you're sitting by right now because they may be in some turmoil, and, and God placed you there, Doug, because you can speak a word of peace. You can let them know that in Christ burdens are lifted. You can let them know that Christ answers prayers. You can let them know that all things, not some things, but all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. Bless all the peacemakers. And finally... As we develop kingdom characteristics, he he says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The world doesn't like the things of God. The world and things of the world are, are antithetical the things of Christ. You can talk about all other religions, but, but if you mention Christ, then there's always those who are striving to quiet your testimony. So hear me, you will be persecuted. But Dr. Al, he says, blessed. Blessed are you when you are persecuted. Reminds me what Jesus told his disciples before in the upper room, just before he went to give his life on Calvary's cross, that we might be saved. He said to them in John 16 and 33, I've said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. He said, but take heart, be encouraged, because I have overcome the world. And I know many of us have taken Shots have been attacked because our belief. But listen, you don't have to be in sorrow about that. You can actually be in joy. It reminds me because, you know, I have three boys and my three boys, I don't, well, my girl did it too. Um, But my three boys, you know what they did Um, in their pastime, They like to compare their scars. I told you my girl did too, but I I don't want to put it like that. But anyway, I remember one day Fred, my son saw a scar on my arm. He pulled out his arm. He said, Daddy. I got a scar just like yours. Come here, come here, come here, come here. When you're taking a scar and and taking some shots for Christ, guess what? You are taking shots that look just like your Savior because Christ said that when you suffer with me, you will reign in glory with me. I want to talk to somebody in here. Because as a citizen of the kingdom, he's given you a resolution that means I can make it through anything because Christ is with me in everything. Ah. This is all made available to us because of our relationship with Christ. This is not a matter of routine or ritual. This is a result of a relationship that when you have Christ, your life is blessed. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, your life is eternally blessed, meaning you can have heaven on earth right now when you are a part of God's kingdom. See, God's kingdom is the realm of God's rule and reign through His people. And when you submit yourself under the authority of Christ, you'll then discover the life that God intends for you to live. So you bow your heads all over the building, I want to challenge you to search your heart. Now, as you examine your heart, if you're not humble, you see areas where you need to be meek. If you're finding that you don't have a sensitivity to things that don't honor God, then you, your desire for Him has waned because you're not hungering and thirsting for him the way you ought to. Which impacts you because you're unable to be as merciful as you should. You need to come to Christ so he can make your heart pure. That he can bring peace in your life. That he can bring resilience to you that you will know what it means to live the blessed life. So speak to our hearts, dear God, and for those who this is their moment, give them the boldness to say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.